0: Well, you just try to change me if you want. I grew up hating the Roman Catholic system, and I despise it and hate it today. I love Catholics, but I despise the system. I believe she's the whore church of the seventeenth chapter of the book of the Revelation. She sits on seven hills. I believe that's the place. And all the Puritans held to that. Why go against them? Go against Rome. The Pope acts like he's, he's, the, he call, he's called the Holy Father. And he dresses like mother. And he's a prince of demons. His system, not one of the seven sacraments will get you your sins forgiven. And I love Catholic people. I weep over Catholic people. But don't you try to get me to say much nice about them at all. Their system is wicked, heinous, and God hates it. Your thoughts toward these different systems is important. You better hate evil lest you become involved with it. It says that the Lord appeared unto Solomon twice. He was beloved of the Lord. Solomon, the son of David, he built the glorious temple of God. It was so glorious. When they built the next temple, they just wept because they'd seen the foundations of the first temple. It was so glorious and wealthy and pompous and glorious. But God says, you kings do not multiply wives, riches, or horses. And he multiplied all three. And his wives turned his heart against his God. He followed in the steps of his father David. Only the thing is, his father David didn't take strange wives. He took Jewish wives. But as Solomon took a thousand of them. Solomon's son Rehoboam followed in the same steps. He had multiple wives. Oh, we better be careful what we do and what we love. We better love God. Enough to marry, right? And some of you maybe say, oh, this letter's a little too rough on on us. Well, does this mean that uh, Brother Beard, maybe he's a little closer to the Lord than we are. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, well, I am married now and my wife is expecting. I, uh, she has been sick, so, uh, been sick, so please pray for her. The Lord really blessed our wedding. I had many friends and family fly to Washington State. My pastor, Jack Harvey, officiated our wedding and he preached. Before the actual wedding ceremony, he preached out of the John chapter 10 and gave an invitation and two people received the Lord Jesus Christ. While we were taking pictures before the reception, Aaron Snodderly from Tennessee preached and another invitation was given and one more uh, was saved. We put a, a thorough plan of salvation in the programs and stuffed them with... In parentheses, uh, God God says, please don't go to hell tracks. Well, that that wouldn't be a very nice track for a wedding, would you? But you're not Chris Beard either. Amen? How many of y'all know Chris Beard? I mean, most unusual character. For you that are visiting or not, don't know Brother Chris. He's unbelievable. If you'd come into the church house, he's up in the prophet's chamber. You'd hear him praying all through the whole building. and, And he prays a long time, too, longer than some of us do. He just got in from that long trip and he told his wife-to-be. He said, we have to have devotions now after the service. Because we didn't have devotions because the roads were so treacherous on the way down from Washington State when they came down for Jenna's wedding. Brother Chris, as I read the letter, you'll find out a few things in here that would have saved Solomon some trouble. Now'll pray that Brother Chris will maintain his walk with the Lord. I'm reading this letter because you young men need it. Hello. I read it to our 12 who volunteered for, for what he called. How many like to hear it again? Pretty good, huh? Woo, What a letter. We're just beginning. Let's just talk about the wedding. OK, now we're going to get into the real stuff here. We tried to make our wedding an evang- as evangelistic as possible. He's the street preacher. He's the one that always gets in trouble with the police. Now pray he'll be a little bit more gentle, but at least he's out there. The wedding ceremony was the first time we touched. I'm glad you said that because he said his wife's expecting. Amen. He didn't touch her. Young people should not touch until they are married. And he has married in capital letters with an exclamation point. If you don't touch, you won't have to worry about having fornication, will you? You won't have to worry about a baby out of wedlock, will you? Huh? You never have to worry about shaming your mom and dad and everybody else if you don't touch until you get married. I'm just adding to his letter here. I couldn't resist street preaching with my friends, even though it was my honeymoon. I was out there with him, and his bride was out there with him. It was, it was almost comical. It wasn't comical. It was, it was blessed, but I'm saying. We preached several times in Spokane, Washington, and we were attacked by a woman who was full of the devil. We had several people come up to us. Some commended us. And others condemned us for preaching and standing with Scripture signs against the Sodomites. In Spokane, Washington. Lovely bunch up there. My grandparents flew in from Naples, Florida. I preached in Naples Baptist Temple, and I also preached at Naples Fishing Pier. Of course, the cops came and urged us to cease with threats of taking me to jail. My wife said, if he goes, I'm going with him. A good newly married girl, end up in jail on your honeymoon. Because his grandfather paid his way down there to have his part of his honeymoon down in Florida. While on visitation at Liberty Baptist Church in Greenville, Michigan, I had a fruitful visit and a mother and her son received Christ. She came to church two Sundays and her husband got saved. Her other son was saved while reading a gospel track we gave them. Now they are talking about getting baptized. The pastor has been visiting them. Please pray for their growth. My wife and I have a motor home, had a motor home lent to us indefinitely. It is an, it is an answer to our prayers. My pastor, that's me, told me before I got married to pray for a motor home. In two weeks, the Lord answered that one. It is a 1972, 18, uh, 18-foot Shasta with a Chevy chassis or something. That's big enough for newlyweds. They need to be close together anyhow. Amen? Give them some privacy from the meetings. Don't need to live in with other people when you're newly married. Hello? Leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife. Amen? I know one family, they they stayed in with their folks after they got married, and and the lady said, I'd rather live in a chicken coop than in the room of a house with my in-laws. My brother will tell you that too. Here he was staying in with his in-laws, and they come knocking on the door. Breakfast is ready. They weren't interested in breakfast. Hello. Anyhow. Boy, is this full of good scripture in here, so hang on with me here. In two weeks, God answered that one. Let's see. It uh, it has a stove, an oven, refrigerator, furnace, bed, and shower, and toilet. It is a tremendous blessing. I tried to tell him that, but I didn't know. He wasn't too keen on it at first. I said, you need some privacy. And someone loaned him one indefinitely. We had a tire blowout, and I had a spare, but the jack did not work and we and could not find a wrench and my, all my tools and so forth uh, to take the lugs off. So a man driving down the road stopped and helped us and lent us his tools. That was another answer to prayer. There are so many, I cannot include them all. We, are praying, uh, we were praying for a tow dolly to tow our ni- uh, 1989 uh, Chevy Celebrity, and Liberty Baptist Church in Greenville, Michigan bought us a brand new one. The Lord constantly meets our needs. I felt it was God's will to put brand new tires all around the motorhome because of the old ones, the belts were shifting, and and we're not uh, safe on the road. We have new tires, which is another answer to prayer. We had a couple of meetings in New York, by the way, in my old church up there too. They had a great meeting there. And we had several in Michigan. We got back to New York, uh, around the Buffalo area. I preached at Niagara Falls. How many you have been to Niagara Falls? Man, I've been there. I lived right around the corner from right in Buffalo. I preached at Niagara Falls. I've never seen anybody preach at Niagara Falls. Chris Beard, do it again. It's good he didn't stand up on the thing going over the falls there. and that would have thrown him over. <laughs> oh, go for it, Brother Chris. Amen. He's a member of our church, so. And we love him and praise God for him. Amen. I preached at Niagara Falls on three separate occasions, and my wife and I handed out uh, between 500 and 1,000 tracts. I also got to preach at a farmer's market, and the police got to hear it too. I was preaching in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, downtown, just a couple of weeks ago. And some of the people were giving me a hard time. A young man came up and was harassing me. As I ignored him and preached away, just then a huge black man came up to that young man, sticking his finger in his face and saying, "Touch not the Lord's anointed." This preacher is telling the, uh, telling the truth. You better you better be listening. Touch not the Lord's anointed. That young man had. Fear written all over his face. (laughs) Glory. I mean, this is the exciting way to live. I am so happily married. And I praise the Lord for Amanda. And thank you for praying for me to find a wife. She has been a tremendous blessing and adds new joy to my life. Isn't that nice? Please pray for us to receive more support. I am guessing that we are at about 50% and we do not have a high amount that we are trying to raise. Lord willing, we will be leaving. Uh, this is to go to the Philippines in next March. Deuteronomy says to cheer up your wife for one year. Hmm? And he shouldn't be cheering her up in the Philippines. That's the field. Cheer up here. Amen? Before you go. Isn't that a good thing? Obey the Bible. Well, I lost my place. Please pray that the Lord will hasten our time here to go to the Philippines. More than one said that they would support me, and it has been nearly a year since that has taken place. Pray that it will come through. I ask you to at least pray for us. Then God will do the rest. I think it would be good to include this. Now, get this. At this last missions conference, I was asked how my support was coming. I told that missionary, in parentheses... Or in quotation marks, pardon me. Uh, it was coming. Uh, it was coming slow because I tell that I am a King James. I am King James only. So I will not go into liberal churches. And in my packet, I tell them a detailed list of my beliefs. That that missionary told me that he go uh, that he goes into churches that are not King James, and he has not in capital letters. He said, it is not my job to straighten, out, uh, straighten them out. And, in quotation marks, I am, not a, I am a missionary, not an evangelist. Now, that all sounds good. I've heard that said so many times by these missions directors, even the ones that were over me when I was out preaching. Way back, in the '70s they said you 're not there to straighten the church out now listen, listen to the response of Brother Chris Beard. The Bible says, "Do the work of an evangelist and preach the word all God uh, called preachers are supposed to do this, not be compromisers in, in capital letters, not the pulpit is not for compromising politicians. The Bible does not say anything about missionaries." but it uses the word evangelist, and that's what I am. That's what I am. The Bible does not... Okay, that's what I am. I am an evangelist, and I get get new messages from God for each church. Each church has its individual needs, and I will do what my conscience tells me. I pray much, and read nine or ten chapters a day, in parentheses, every day. Go thou and do likewise. Nine or ten chapters a day. How many of you read nine or ten chapters a day? I'd like to see your hand. I see one. You're just scratching your head. Randy? okay. Huh? Anybody else read nine or ten chapters a day? That hmm? just shames us all. Brother Henry? Shames me, too. Now, sometimes I read, the other week, I, the other day I read 22 chapters or 24, read a whole book and so forth, but you need to have a minimum. He said every day. He put in parentheses, Every day, nine or ten chapters. Hmm? Well, that's preaching itself. Huh? That's as good as my message down here, huh? And I'm telling you, this boy prays more than you all do too. I asked our teenagers. I asked our teenagers yesterday. I said, "How many? How, how long do you pray every day?" I started out high. Said, how many pray an hour a day? And there wasn't a one, of course. I said, how many you pray a half hour a day? Nobody raised their hand, but then a little later, uh, Logan said that he was trying to. Trying. I said, well, that's better than not trying. But I said, set a, a, set a low goal and set a high goal. In other words, if, you, if you're getting going, I said, uh, don't just set five minutes. That's nothing. Five minutes is nothing. Hello? Set 10 minutes as your, your low time of prayer. I mean, you can just sit there for 10 minutes. It won't hurt you. The, the, yeah, I know the time will go by so slowly because you want to go out and do something else. Comb your hair or do something. Non-essential. Hmm? Didn't Brother Crabb or one of the others, Brother Stevens or Brother Doug Thompson or somebody say that just when you're wanting to pray, and the, you'll know the grass needs cutting. Hmm? Something will be needing to be done. Well, prayer is more important than cutting the grass. I keep telling you, if it's this high, it doesn't mean maybe you just got home, but if God wants you to pray, you better set that and then do that later. Hello? Your testimony is at stake. You need to have your grass cut. Okay, please. But it is more important to pray than cut grass. Hello? Hmm? Nine or, I, I pray much. Oh, there! I didn't even see that. I overpassed that. I pray much. And read nine to ten chapters a day. Every day. And I say what God wants and not what the people want so I can get more money or a bigger love offering. Beware, preachers. Modern missions is full of compromise and politics. That missionary said, I will go to churches that are not King James Bible. And where does that stop? Do these missionaries go to Pentecostal churches? Why not? Their mission board philosophy is let a bad church support a good missionary. You say, well, pray Harvey, Isn't that a little slap in your face? I need to get my face slapped once in a while. And so do you, dear brother or sister. Hello? If we don't deal with our sin and we keep listening to backslidden people, I don't care if they're mission directors, we're going to end up just like they are. We better listen to the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God. Then these missionaries are going to Southern Baptist, conservative American and General Association of Regular Baptist churches that are full of apostasy. We forbid our missionaries to go into convention churches. Ask lots of questions. Ask missionaries how much they are trying to raise. The average mission board requires thirty six to sixty thousand dollars per year. That's good pay. Who would not be a mission, missionary when the pay is that nice? European countries' cost of living is high, but $60,000 a year over there is still very good pay. If you're careful with your money, look at what he says here. Independent Baptist missionaries are going to meet God one day with their laziness, compromise, bad stewardship, and covetous sin against God. Now that's good preaching, even if Chris Beard's doing it. Now, if a person has a family as big as Brother Estes or Brother Joe Grab, and you're over in Germany and the gas is three or four dollars a gallon. But see, usually the 60000 does not count your, your, what do they call that, your work, your work fund. Hello. And I'm telling you, it's a sad day when these mission boards or these missionaries will not divulge to this pastor what salary they get. When they will not tell us what salary they get in dollars and cents, we have every right under heaven to drop their support. They're dishonest with our money in keeping it secret when we want to know. Amen? Boy, I was going to be as sweet as this morning. It's hard to do when you read Chris Beard's letter. He's a fighter. You better be a fighter or you'll be down there like Solomon and end up in a mess. God got upset with David when he took Bathsheba and sinned and had her husband killed. And God got upset with Solomon when he sinned. The same God that's on our side and blessing us if we keep compromising. Listen, the Lord loved us when he saved us. We better shape up. Amen. Single soldiers, you better shape up. Married soldiers, you better shape up. Pastor Harvey, pastors better shape up. Missionaries better shape up. Amen. Wives and girls, we better do what's right. I could be in the Philippines right now, all I would have to do is to join a board, lie on every questionnaire, and go to all different Baptist and Bible churches and waste money on a fancy car and do a lot of compromising. Now you gotta listen, if you didn't agree with every little thing that he said here about money and everything else, about a cost of living and all that, at least take note. He's been in prayer and in the Word of God a lot. Hello? I would get one boring message that is so watered down I could preach it in a Catholic church and not offend anyone. (laughs) The only problem is that if I start compromising now, I will do it in the rest of my ministry. In Christ The beards. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, he said that he felt like he'd better preach this one to us. I believe all the churches got it. I'm sure some were not very impressed. But we better wake up and start praying and reading our Bible. Don't you think we'd do better if we spent, if we, what was it, nine or ten chapters a day? Maybe that nine or ten chapters a day will keep the devil away. (laughs) Oh my. You know why we should be praying a lot, reading our Bible a lot? Because the devil wants our mind. The devil wants our mind and God wants our mind. God wants all our attention. And Some of you fellows, the jobs you work at, you, you can't daydream too much because you're working on equipment and so forth and and I know that in some of the things there's data and all kinds of things, and you, you have to think on your jobs. But when you're off your jobs, you ought to be around church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let me just give me a couple of verses here. It says. God says in Psalm 119:13, 113, I hate vain thoughts. Did you know what the media and the whole world want you to be thinking all the time is a bunch of stupid foolishness. You young men need to quit spending all your time playing these stupid games. Life is not a bunch of movies and games. You better wake up, young man, you're gonna ruin your life. You're on that internet all the time, and that thing in the chat rooms. Hello? Hmm? hello how many of you have have never got involved with going to a chat room I'd like to see your hand never got involved with going to a chat room hello alright I'm still waiting for some other hands to go up hello okay it'll destroy you young men it'll destroy you How many of you have never seen pornography on the Internet? Never saw pornography on the Internet? I'd like to see your hands. Mm -hmm. Never saw pornography on the Internet. Same ones that couldn't raise their hands about the chat rooms are the same ones that saw pornography on the the Internet. You say, well, Preacher Harvey, you don't love me. No, I love Jesus enough to rebuke you. And I love you. You're going to ruin your life. You better get some filters on that stuff or just throw it all in the garbage. You will be history. You'll get married, fellas, and you won't know how to love your wife. You'll love, the, you'll, you'll love all that filth you saw before. You won't know how to love your precious wife that God gives you. Why should he give you a clean wife if you continue on in that filth? You say, that's pretty rough preaching. Well, you young men better listen up. You're next. Amen? Especially because you fellows have volunteered for the Lord's work in some fashion, music or whatever it is. You're next. Uh Just let your parents, let you get on that thing. In there all by yourself. You don't need to be all by yourself. You need to be in there by yourself in prayer or in the Bible. I hate vain thoughts. You don't think pornography is vain? It's not only vain, it's filthy. Fools make a mock at sin. I'm talking about you too, Brother Luke. Boy, didn't he sing nicely this morning, wasn't it? Hey, Luke's got a nice voice, doesn't he? Wasn't that beautiful this morning? Just the fact that he's up here singing for Jesus is a blessing. I mean, if, you just, your voice was, if your voice was terrible, you'd still be up here doing it for the Lord. Amen? But it's nice that God gave you a beautiful voice like your mom and your sister. Maybe your dad. Your dad must be able to sing. Oh, I mean... We've got such great singers here. Brother John Walton, when his wife gets here, we've got to use him. He's got a nice, lovely voice. Brother John. And then as a, the Metcalf, by the way, he's off preaching somewhere else tonight. But uh, pray for Brother Metcalf, John, Michael, and Joshua. They said, I mean, Brother Crab is prayed. Oh, he said our music was beautiful around here. Oh. He he even, I think he almost said perfect, didn't he? What was the word, Pastor Hammonds? He said, Oh, it was perfect or something. You know how eccentric he was. <laughs> You should have heard him all the week at the tent meeting. Oh, amen. unbelievable at 76 years old. Unbelievable. Excitement. He just, he got up here, and in, like Billy Sunday, he said he didn't get uh, entertained. He just came and exploded. <laughs> That's what they said about Billy Sunday. Well, he didn't do that, but almost, amen, at 76. I'll tell you what. You're going to miss a lot of other tent meetings. You're going to miss a lot of other revivals. We just had three revivals in the last couple weeks. We had three or four with Joe West. We had four main speakers with Brother... Four, at least four main speakers. And if you missed all that, I'll tell you what. You just keep playing around with your computer games, and you'll miss a lot more than that. You just keep messing with those movies, and you'll, you'll miss a lot more than that. You just keep messing around with that chat room And you'll miss a lot more than that. Hello? You say, Preacher Harvey, you keep preaching like that, nobody will come back and hear you. I have one answer for that. Galatians 4.16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? The truth hurts. When the doctor says you have to have that cancer cut out, you say, sir, is it going to hurt? Yes, it's going to hurt. We'll try to put you under, but it may hurt some and then the recovery you will hurt you'll have to be begging for some morphine or medicine you will you will hurt but if you hurt and you get it done now we get the cancer all out of there then you'll live a lot longer the devil wants your mind Jesus, the Bible says, how precious are thy thoughts unto me. Aren't you glad that God's thoughts toward us are precious? It says here, the thoughts of of the righteous are right. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination. Here, a great verse. It says about thy works. Give your works to the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Let your works be for Jesus Christ and thy thoughts. Thoughts shall be established, be working for God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For my thoughts are above your thoughts, and my ways above your ways. The Bible says, I know thy works, and and I know their works and their thoughts. God knows our works. He said that in the Revelation. He knows our works. Joseph, amen? If you don't stay away from this stuff, treat it like a snake ready to bite you, it may destroy you, young man. Amen? Huh? None of us are a match for the devil. Brother Andrew, Mr. Soulwinner, amen? Great hope for Andrew. There really is. The guy's got a keen mind. Really sharp. He comes up with things like my, my little grandson Samuel asked of God, Samuel. Amen? Make a great preacher someday. He's got a great mind like his daddy. And I think a great heart. You're still a little young, got some stupid stuff in your thinking, but we'll give you time on that. Amen? We don't expect you to be somber like, Doug, like Pastor Harvard or Pastor Hammond. Amen? You're not 60 yet, or 50-something. Hello? Great ability, but just a little, a little stupid fooling around with the computer games and lead you into the, 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 the banners up there. I've seen them on Juno, and I don't have it at all anymore, and I don't know if I want it back. Did you know what Brother Grab does, Joe Grab? He, he, he will not get on the Internet unless his wife is there. Do you know what Brother Lightsey does, Brother Lightsey? He, he's got it right in the middle of his, his whole room. In Where is it? Your living room? In his living room. And so all the, all the people could see if he got on the wrong thing. I'm telling you that thing. If, if, you, if you go to the wrong site, you better have all kinds of filters on it. Didn't I tell you the other week that they were at a great thousands, thousands of Christian men? Thousands. Several thousands of Christian men, and they took a survey. This was a a, a year or two ago. How many of them had had been involved with pornography in the last seven days? And they said over 50% raised their hand. I couldn't believe it. It was probably promise keepers or some outfit. I don't even know where thousands get together like that. Another story I heard many years ago, a number of years ago, and all the men, there was a men's retreat, brother. I'm not trying to bring bad things up, but we're in a nasty world, are we not? We've got to protect our minds, our thoughts. And here it was a camp, and they were out there, and all the men, none of the wives around, and they they were talking, and they were... Fellowshipping, and they were confessing the things they'd done wrong and multitudes of those Christian men said that late at night they got up and when no one else was around that they were watching things on TV that should not have been seen and that they, they could not sit there with their wives and their children and watching that stuff at late hours. Secret sins will destroy us. We must deal with our sin or our sin will deal with us. How are we going to have preachers that have pure minds when we fill our minds with filth? We wonder where the the joy of God is gone. We wonder why we don't want to go to church anymore faithfully. We wonder why we don't want to go to the prayer meetings anymore. We wonder why we don't want to go soul winning anymore. God says, I know thy, their works and their thoughts. God knows our thoughts. You young girls, I'm not leaving you out. You better stay away from these novels, these romance novels, and this filth. These soap operas will ruin you. You won't be fit to be married to a young man. Your mind all trashed up by all that filth. TV is just flooded with filth. Why don't we FCC clean up the networks? Even Brother Stephen sitting here, and I brought this up already. I, I'm not seen senile yet, thank the Lord. Brother, I mentioned something to him, and Brother Stephen said, the billboards are so bad, he said, my wife will say, don't look over to the left. It's so bad. Thank the Lord she has enough wisdom and, con- and concern for her husband's heart and his eyes to keep his purity, to tell him to look the other way or not look over there. Pastor Hammonds, I've talked to him, and we've mentioned this before. He told me, he said, I hardly even go to the stores anymore. There's so much nakedness and stuff. You can't even go to... J.C. Penney's tithed and was a Christian. He'd be appalled at all this junk over here. Sam Walton at Walmart was a Christian. He had no alcohol there until he died. Hermony Butts, H-E-B, grocery stores. He said they closed the the stores on Wednesday night for them to go to church on Wednesday night. Do you think they had alcohol in that place? Absolutely not, but it's there now. The old man died, and all the old men are dying, and holiness and righteousness is dying with them. But we're going to resurrect it around here. We're going to save your kids if you don't even want them saved. We're going to do what we can to rescue them. And some parents... I really wonder if they want their kids rescued. Don't you want your kids purer than you, mom and daddy? Don't you want your girls purer than you, Mama? And I hope you didn't get into much of anything, amen. But even then you still want them pure, don't you? It says here of Jesus knowing their thoughts, said unto them. Jesus said in another place, why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Another place it says he knew their thoughts. But Jesus, when he perceived, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, the Lord Jesus knows all about our thought life. How can we be meditating on scripture when we're filling our self completely full or allowing things to come into our eye gate? Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? For I'm a married man. Our thinking must be as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's good for you, Brother Walton, to read nine or ten chapters a day. It's good for Brother Beard to read nine chapters a day thing is it'd be good for us to read nine or ten chapters a day. Try it, you'll like it. Amen? I remember when Brother Williams, bless your heart, brother, he's thinking about having another all-night prayer time encouraging his son, a class. Now as his class is boys. That's another thing I didn't mention this morning. We've divided the girls from the boys. So that's another Sunday school class. class and we started with Brother, what do you call it, a young couples class too. So we started two new Sunday school classes as well in the last year. And brother William said, well, we need to have an all-night prayer meeting. I'll never forget when my daughter was in his class many moons ago. And our brother encouraged his kids to be praying all night. My daughter Bethany came home. How old was she then? How old were you then? About 12. Now she's 16. She's about 12 years old. And she said, well, I think I'm going to do it on Thursday. I said, do what? She said, I'm going to pray all night on on Thursday. I I said to myself, I don't even pray all night. Go for it. I didn't say, well, Brother Williams, uh, you think you're holier than thou, and, and uh, what are you trying to do? These kids are too, lear- too young to pray all night. Don't you have any wisdom, brother? No, I just said, woe is me. Maybe I, maybe I ought to be challenging our, own, our adults to do the same. Blessed, Bless you, brother. How did I, did I puff up like a thing when I heard that Brother Metcalf had gone through the Bible, what was it, two or three times at that time, in his family devotions? And I'd not done it one time. So what did I do? I puffed up like a toad, and I said, well, he thinks he's something. No, I didn't do that. It shamed me. And I said, we're going to start. Now we're in Jeremiah, going through the second time in our family devotions, and we're in Jeremiah. We had family devotions every day for 38 years now. But it wouldn't hurt us to do something new. That's been good for us. We we even have family devotions morning and evening. That's exactly what Spurgeon says. That's what Matthew Henry said. We try to read a chapter in the morning and a chapter at night. Sometimes we don't get that much. We just read a little portion. And sometimes we crowd, if we're not careful, we crowd that time out with a bunch of things that may be okay, studying for tests and everything. But... We need to be careful that we put the Lord first and the Word first, above all our other things. Your thoughts—how can our thoughts be established? The thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Thoughts, thought life—how is our thought life? Well, I think I've said enough. What well, you know? What I you know? What I. Now, I found this this prayer letter uh, a real encouragement to Pastor Harvey. I found this a real encouragement for me. Some people, it might just shame them beyond compare. He says he spends much time in prayer. Just recently, this year, the Lord's kind of shown me that I ought to fast. And I thank you for your prayers. I don't care for your criticism. I need your prayers. And the Lord has allowed me for, I think, almost a month now to fast on Tuesday. I mean, Monday, tomorrow, I'll be fasting tomorrow, probably, and Thursday, all day. I'll be drinking whatever I wanna drink, but I will not be eating anything that's solid. It's been good for me, because I'm doing it not to lose weight, I'm doing it so I'll spend more time in prayer uh, how, many, how many here think that Pastor Harvey could spend a little bit more time in prayer? It would be good for him. Raise you, I'd like to see your hand. Hmm? Think it would be good for me to pray, spend a little bit more time in prayer? Huh? Sure. How many of you think I need some fasting? See, Brother Rene came. You know Brother Rene came over here at one of our His Baptist churches, and he said, if you're too heavy, he may well have been talking about me. He said, they will not even listen to you in Belarus, so he couldn't even invite me. That's a nice, that was a nice, kind, yet firm rebuke. None of us are too old that we can't be rebuked. Amen? None of us, we all, as J.C. Keller, he's dead in heaven now, he said we could all come up a little closer to Jesus. We could all do a little better, couldn't we? Hmm? Hmm? Couldn't we all do a little better in staying away from evil and sin? Couldn't we all do a little bit better in praying more? Couldn't we all do a little bit better in our Bible reading every day? Couldn't we all do a little bit better? By the way, did you notice with Chris Beard? He was doing that street preaching. That's witnessing, 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 witnessing. Giving out those, what, up there uh, 500 to 1,000 tracts with his wife. That's a good thing to do with a newly married wife. Getting the word of God out. That's soul winning. That's witnessing. That's one of the three things you should do every day. Hmm? now I want to ask you a question do you think Brother Chris Beard goes to church three times a week how many of you here think that Chris Beard after writing a letter like that uh, that he'd miss a Wednesday night service or a Sunday night service not think a, th- think a thing about it I'd like to see your hand hello you expect a missionary with this much guts to be faithful to church faithful to the things of the Lord. Well, how's our thought life? Hmm? I'm, I'm trying to close here, but you won't let me. I know some of you already have your rotten bananas and your eggs and all that ready to throw. Am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Do you know what the truth of the matter is? Pastor Harvey can't get away with sin, so why do you think you can? Hmm? A great well-known preacher in our fundamental independent Baptist circles who used to be an alcoholic until he got saved. And he's older than I am. greatly used of God he used to knock on doors like crazy when he went to that new church i met people here that he was in their home witnessing and a doctor encouraged him in his last some of his ailments to drink some drink a little glass of wine every day and he drank too much of it independent baptist sin hating christ exalting king james version separated in dress. A big work and had a Bible institute too in a large church. I've been at his church. My wife got saved under his ministry. And he had to resign his church because he got caught out there drinking Uh, under the influence of alcohol, got caught by the police. That's a public thing. Well, what can you do now? Just weep. Hmm? I mean, what can you do? I'll tell you the thing to do is get, get Lane here and just drill into him. You know what my boy Stephen told... You know, remember Stephen came just this last time. I, I'm trying to close. Listen, my sermon's over. I'm just finishing it out. Hello? You know what my boy Stephen did? He told me this, and I really didn't even remember it. I forget a lot of things. Remember how many were here when Stephen came? You remember he said... He, he, here's what he does with his kids at their family devotions. You know why my boy has family devotions? You should have read the letter he wrote to me the other day. It was so precious. I just copied it off. I copied a bunch of copies for our family reunion. I said, some of you other kids ought to send your mom and me a letter like this once in a while. Stephen is a bird. Stephen is something. He said, Dad, the reason we don't have TV is because you never had one. Hmm? Hmm? And he said, he said, you stood against sin. I don't know. I can't remember all the rest of it, but he was, he, was t- he just wrote this letter. <laughs> oh, his English was not perfect. Oh, <laughs> many others in my family would have wrote better English than Stephen. That was never one of his biggies. But all the words were so good. You know what he said? When he came at his Baptist churches, and I had, I flew, we flew him in the last time, you remember? He's just here a couple days. He'd, He wanted to come with his family. It just didn't work out. And Stephen got up and he said, "He said at their table. I was there one time, so it did remind me. I thought he started the thing. I really did. I thought he started. He said, let's march around the table now. I will not drink alcohol. I will not drink alcohol. I will not drink alcohol. I will not drink. They're marching. They're little kids. You know what I mean? I will not commit fornication. They didn't even know what the word meant. I will not commit fornication. I will not commit fornication. They went around. They said, we'll do this 10 times. And he said, Dad, you used to do that with us. I said, no, you're kidding, Steve. He said, oh, yeah, I used to do that with us. (laughs) I didn't even remember it. We did have family devotions all the way through. He was thankful for his mother being so hard on him. said, I thank God I didn't get in any more sin than I got into. Amen? God gave me a good wife. That was a good letter, I'm telling you. That's the kind of letters you kind of want to hear, you know, from your kids. Did you know there's not one of our kids, and I thank God for it, there's not one of our kids that don't know that they should have devotions and are not at least involved with it, family devotions, as far as I know. And they still don't have the tube, none of them. Or when they get around it, you know, they they kind of feel guilty. And so do I, so amen? Hello? Train them up in the way they should go. And what do you do? You just keep training. And you keep beating on them. Mm-hmm. My boy was older than 16, so I got a bigger board. I said, bend over, David. Wham! Now, I would not encourage you to do that. Amen. You should, I, I didn't know any better. You know, we were young. We used a paddle, and the Bible doesn't say a paddle. It says a rod, and a rod is, is like something you, you use with a horse. Hello? It stings like crazy, but it won't break any bones. But we didn't know that. We should have studied. We should have heard that! We should have heard that preached. The rod. What is an actual rod? It's not a club. So I told my, my, my children, don't beat my grandchildren with that club. Hey, Amen, but at least they were making a mind. Get a switch off the tree or get a, something else. You say, I'm too old to do that. Maybe you better wake up every morning and say, I will, not, I will 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 not, ten times, and maybe you won't. If you don't learn to discipline yourself, why would you discipline yourself in staying away from other women when you get married, young man? Don't you let all your, your, your uh, you know, let all your, your uh, lusts go free now. Boy, I'll tell you what. There's one problem. You've got a computer up on top of your head that God put there and it needs to be a clean computer. Your thoughts. Commit your works to the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. We're through tonight. And some of you say, <sighs> but if you really have your heart right, you'll come back for more because you know you need help. In fact, we know we all need help. Let's pray. Father, bless us. Thy word is so precious, and Lord, we've failed thee so much. I've failed so much. My tongue has been used, dear Lord, uh, at times, Lord, in the wrong way because my thoughts were not established as they ought to be. been. I wasn't thinking about Scripture enough. I was not praying as much as I should have. I was not fasting like I ought to, Lord. I was not uh, yielded as I should be, and Lord, we all fail. All of us were not all we ought to be. Please help every one of us.